0: Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith who is seeking hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com. Today we're going to be talking, um, our message is going to be centered around Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And it says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Hmm. I love this verse so much. You know, here I, I read and I see grace, God's free grace. What could move a God to want to give me a new heart." You see, when the prophet wrote this verse, it was during a time where Israel was in the greatest, greatest rebellion. You see, they didn't care for God. They weren't fearful of God. They didn't feel joy towards God. They didn't want anything to really do with God. You see, God had even given their land away. They had given them up into captivity. And Israel was at a point where they were just, there was not even anywhere else to go. That they were so far from God, they were just, they were already gone. They were done. But in this verse, God was offering his people a fresh start. How many of us feel like we need a fresh start today? Hmm. You see, their hearts were stony and stubborn. They weren't feeling one way or another toward God, and and yet God said, I will give you a heart of flesh. You see, God didn't say there that He would shine the stone or the rock a little bit more and make it appear better. God says, I, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, a responsive, tender heart. You see, God realized at that point that the only way His people could change their attitude, the only way His people would come back to Him, the only way that His people would come to worship and to love Him was not if he changed their ways, but if he performed a heart transplant. Serious stuff. You see, he was telling them that despite what they had done, despite what they were wanting to do, despite how far they had gone, that he still, he still wanted to help them. And he wanted to give them a new heart. Do you know when the first medical heart transplant was performed? It actually wasn't that long ago. You see, Dr. Christian Bernard was the first doctor to ever perform heart surgery. And that was performed December 3rd of 1967. It's not too long ago. And it was done on a 53-year-old person named Louis... I can't say his last name. Louis W. And he received his first heart transplant in the hospital in South Africa. Amazing. Amazing stuff. You know, I can, I can only imagine being in that room and, and trying something so new and so different. So nerve-wracking. You see, but, but this doctor... Wanted to help this person and he did a heart transplant. You see, this doctor took so much interest in this patient that he wanted to give him a new life. What's amazing is that God also offered to give us a heart transplant more than two and a half thousand years ago. You see, God's heart transplant is a spiritual heart transplant. Do you need a restoration in your life today? In order for that doctor to have performed a successful heart transplant, there were three things that were needed. And those are the three things we're going to talk about today that are also needed if we want a spiritual heart transplant. Number one... We need a diagnosis. Number two, we need a doctor. And number three, we need a donor. You know, as we're talking about this, um, I just kind of want to interject and um, ask you guys to pray for my friend, Alonzo. He is seven years old, um, and he is in need of a kidney transplant. It's not the same thing, but... Um, Very delicate procedure. And uh, this week his mother is um, meeting with insurance and trying to um, re-examine the possibility for Alonzo to have this kidney transplant. So if you guys think of um, me or or this week as you go through your week, please pray for Alonzo that um, the insurance and everything can approve his transplant. So anyways, that was my thing. But as we talk about this heart transplant, um, first we need a diagnosis. The diagnosis we see is is found here again in verse 26. And it says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. You see, God gave them, his people, a diagnosis and said, okay, here's the problem. You have a stony, stubborn heart. In the Bible language, Heart doesn't just mean this muscular thing that we've got beating in our chests. The word heart in the Bible has a much deeper meaning. It's linked with the spirit, and the words heart and spirit are used interchangeably when you read um, in Hebrew. They mean the same thing. So when David Praise, create in me a new heart, oh God, and renew a spirit, a right spirit within me. He's not asking for two things. He's not asking for a clean heart and a new spirit. But one thing, he wants to be made completely new inside. You see, a person's heart is a per- and a person's spirit are essentially the same thing. Sometimes modern usage doesn't reflect uh, the, the whole entire biblical meaning of the heart. But sometimes it does. When we say, I give somebody my wholehearted support or my wholehearted approval or I love my husband wholeheartedly, you know, we get a, a, a wider, a wider definition of that. So all the uses of the word heart embrace far more than the physical pumping thing in our chest. They sum up our whole being. So this is what God was, was telling his people. Not just that he wanted to take out this physical heart, but, but he was talking about their being. He wanted to make them new physically, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally. He wanted to make them new. So when the Bible diagnoses that our hearts are made of stone, we can see that we have a very serious problem. You know I've been married for a little over two years now, and um, my husband can tell you that I am a very stubborn person, very stubborn. I um, want things done the way I want it, how I want it, and I want to make sure I have my vote in there. Uh, recently, we just uh, we purchased our uh, second property um, by the grace of God and um, my first thing was all right tony you're in charge of everything i'm just gonna sit back that is not easy to do let me tell you that is not easy to do i wanted to be in charge of everything and i just had i caught myself like jackie shh jackie shh god help me you know like be with me come in this situation God, change my heart. Like, I had to realize my problem. I had to realize that I am a very controlling wife, and I like things done the way that I want them because I think that my way is better than your way. Like, I mean, if I'm just being truthful, like, I think that I know how to do this better than you. And it's been such a learning experience for me trusting that my husband can take care of things. God, changing in me my attitude and my spirit. You know, that's what, I, that's what I've been praying for this week. And, and some of you may find yourselves this morning maybe not understanding where you are in your Christian walk. Why, why don't I feel close to God? Why, don't, you know, why does God feel so far away from me? Well, maybe it's that you didn't realize you had a problem in the first place. So today... Based on Ezekiel 37, 36, 26, it tells us we have a problem. Our diagnosis is that our hearts are stony. Our hearts are unresponsive to God. We're stone dead. We get the picture? Towards God, we are by nature stone, cold, dead. We do not Love him, we do not believe him, we do not trust him, we do not delight in him, we do not obey him. As far as God is concerned, our inner beings are as responsive as rocks. I mean, that is the nature of being born into an imperfect world, a sinful nature. None of us were born with a heart already alive to God. You see, we inherited a defect that has left us with this stony, stubborn heart problem. An inner being that is dead towards God. You see, the prophet Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond our cure. Our heart condition cannot be cured. We cannot make ourselves alive to God. We cannot make our cold, stone, lifeless hearts beat with warmth towards God any more than we can take a rock and make it alive. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good of a person we manage to be, no matter how well we can follow rules, no matter how much we pray, no matter what cure we can try to find to our problem, we have hearts of stone. A heart of stone can never know God any more than a rock can be your friend. You see, our problem is so serious that there is only one hope. We need a heart transplant. You see, the problem in in, in today I see is that Sometimes we think that we are saved by our actions or that if I am good enough, if I treat this person right, then that's it. That is all I need. Yet somehow we question why do we feel so far from God still? We need a heart transplant. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you, your heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. So we have the diagnosis. We understand it's a serious problem. We understand that our hearts are made of stone. And this is where the doctor comes in. How can we get one? How can we get this heart transplant? You know, as I talked about my friend Alonzo, seven-year-old, he he knows he has a problem. He knows he needs this kidney. But there is nothing he can do to fix that unless the doctor comes in to fix him. You see, open-heart surgery isn't something we can perform on ourselves. You know, you can't just lie yourself in bed and just, "Ah, I'm going to take this out. No, you know. I mean, the first one wasn't performed until 1967. It's absurd for me to think that I can open my chest and whip out something, and, you know, medical science is good and all, but I don't think it's ever going to be that good where we can learn to do it on our own. In the same way, there is no way I can carry out a spiritual heart transplant on my own. You see, I can never make myself a Christian. I might call myself a Christian. I might act like a Christian, I might believe that I am a Christian, but unless God has actually performed a heart transplant on me, unless I had a spiritual open heart surgery, I will never be a Christian. My heart will remain cold dead, I will never be able to know God. We need a doctor to perform this transplant, and and I think you know where I am taking this. This is where we need God. You see, here God claims that He is able to give you a new heart. He is able to remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. See, actually, this promise comes at the list of a whole I will statements. And we're going to read that um, real quick Ezekiel 36, verse 24. And it says, For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. You see, here God really longed for his people. You see, today God really longs for you He longs to have a relationship with you. God longs to be with you in your situation. You know, there is no need for you to feel like you are going through anything alone. God longs to embrace you. God longs to sustain you. God longs to bless you. God longs to uphold you. You see... God's people, Israel, are pretty much at the lowest point in this story. God has punished them for their persistent and gross disobedience, and they were worshiping idols. He has taken them away from their land. He has taken them away from the temple. He has given them over completely to a foreign nation. There is nothing they can do to save themselves. You know, it's kind of like somebody swimming in the ocean or in the beach. I remember my—I I remember um, taking lessons at a swimming pool. My parents took us to the Y, and we learned how to swim. And it was really cute because my mother didn't know how to swim. And, you know, we were, uh, I don't know, six, seven when we learned how to swim. I don't know how old I was. I was little. I was like this little with pigtails and all. Um, and I, you know, and I remember in my class, swimming, and watching my mother take her swimming class, and she had the backpack on her, and, um, and she didn't know how to swim. She, she was really cute because it was like a blue backpack with yellow things, and she was strapped all in, and she swam, and um, there was this one point in her class where she had to take it off, and, and she was... Um, Maybe 45, 50 at this time. I don't know how old she was. But, you know, she was a grown woman with this backpack on. And I remember um, her instructor telling her to take it off and um, to practice swimming towards her, towards him. And so she takes it off, and, um, and she starts trying to swim. And I remember just kind of seeing her drown. And I don't know if you've ever drowned in, in a swimming pool or trying to swim. And all I see was this. You know, like all this fighting. And then the instructor comes, and, and it, he's trying to help her, but all that's going on is, you know? And he, he couldn't he couldn't grab her. And sometimes that's how we are in our life, with our situations. We get so panicked with, with where God has placed us, or where we feel God has placed us. We get so panicked with our situation that, that we just lose focus completely and we forget to surrender and and we're here fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. If we were just to let go, if we were just to let go and trust that God has us, how much more simpler would things be? You see, his people, Israel, weren't willing to let go but finally to his broken, disobedient people, God promises a restoration. More than that, he promises a new start. More than that, with new hearts, he promises his spirit in them. God is alive, do you believe that? God is alive. And he can be alive in you and and he can be alive in me today so long as we're willing to allow the doctor to perform his operation. Verse 28, it says, you will be my people and I will be your God. And that is a relationship you and I, we as Christians, have with God. He has taken away our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. We have to realize that we contributed nothing to this except for a stony heart. You see, there is nothing that I have that I can offer to God to change this heart situation. The only thing I have to give is this heart of stone and surrender it to God. So we have the diagnosis, and we have a doctor who is able to perform this whole heart transplant. The last thing we need in order to go through with this is a donor. You can see where I'm going with this one. You see, there's only been one man who did not suffer with the birth defect that you and I have. This birth defect of a heart of stone, and that's the Son of God. You see, it wasn't Adam, it's not the Son of Adam, it's, it's the Son of God. Only Jesus had a heart that was fundamentally warm to God, a heart of flesh. When a medical heart transplant is done, we know that there must have been a death. You see, somebody had to give his heart up, and giving his heart up means that that person had to die. So the donor gives life to another at the expense of his own life. So it is with this spiritual transplant, the donor had to die. Jesus voluntarily died so that we might have life. His heart of flesh was so good, so sufficient, that it is sufficient for the hundreds of millions of Christians in the world. There are 222 billion people in our world today. Can you imagine, just for one second... Jesus on the cross, taking on all of the sins of those people. How many of you guys sinned only once in your life? So you can multiply that number times so many centuries and cycles of this earth times all of their sins. Can you imagine the impact our sins had on Jesus? Yet, God longs for a relationship so badly with you and with me that the donor, that Jesus, willingly came and died so that we might have life today. That's what Jesus did for us at the cross. You see, because of Jesus' death, He can now live within us, and and Jesus becomes our heart donor and gives us hope of life. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? You see, unless this heart transplant has taken place, unless Jesus is in us, his heart of flesh replacing our heart of stone, we are not in the faith. We are simply not Christians. Do you feel, feel far from God today? Have you had a true heart transplant? Have you let God take from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, this, this promise is sure. It doesn't say, I may take out your stony heart. I may give you a tender, responsive heart. I may put my spirit in you. You know it says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you. Jesus is alive. God is alive in you and in me. So we have our diagnosis, we have our doctor, and we have our donor. Everything is lined up for us in order to have this heart transplant. You know, I've I've never seen anyone in need of a transplant here that... The good news that it's available and just come in and sign these papers. You know, this person will come immediately to sign any forms of paper that they need in order to get this transplant. That's how it should be with us in our spiritual walk with God. Where do I sign? How do I get that heart transplant? I want a heart that is responsive to God. I want a heart that will allow me to have peace in my situations. You know, maybe the reason why I don't feel peace, maybe the reason why I feel so much fear and so much anxiety and so much anger or so much resentment is the fact that I have not replaced my heart of stone yet. I just want to invite you to close your eyes where you are. I don't know, closing my eyes helps me reflect and, and really think to myself a little bit better. Maybe you too are, are feeling a little far from God today. You know, as Caitlin said in our welcome, and we always take Pastor Terry's words, it's, you're not here by accident. God definitely wants to replace your heart and, and give you his heart. And I believe that God is alive. He is in this place and, and God wants to be in you. There is no need to keep feeling anxious or stressed. There is no need for you to feel resentment or anger. You know, if we get our hearts replaced and if we get a new heart in us, our hearts that respond to God will be one that responds with complete trust in God. There is no other response for God except for complete surrender when we are filled with Him fear does not exist where God exists so this morning if you want to ask God for a new heart for a heart of flesh I just want to ask you to stand where you are or maybe you also have a family member that you want to pray for this morning and, and you want their heart to be changed as well I just want to ask you to, for you to stand in their place as well I just want to have a special prayer for you today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, what an amazing promise that you have written in your word thousands of years ago. These very words may be exactly what somebody needed to hear today. Hope. They needed to be reminded, God, that you can be alive in them, Lord. They needed to be reminded, Lord, that on our own, we are just nothing. With our stony, stubborn hearts, God, we just stay stuck in the same place. But Lord, there are some of us here who desire a relationship with you, God. We desire to have that peace that passes all understanding, God. We desire to surrender our will over to you, God, and to trust you completely, Lord but we can't do that if we keep this stony heart because a stony heart doesn't respond, God, to you and there is nothing that we can do to change it. So God, we just stand here asking you to perform your spiritual heart transplant, God. Take out our stony, stubborn hearts, God, and give us your heart of flesh, your responsive heart that Jesus willingly gave to each and every one of us. God, may this heart, this new heart that is in us now, God, may it allow us to trust you better. May it allow us to know, God, that you are in control. There is nothing, Lord, that we can do to change our circumstance. There is nothing, Lord, that we can do To improve anything, God, all we have to do is surrender to you, God, and trust in your will and your plan for us, God. Please, Lord, bless every family that's present here today. May they know, Lord, that they are walking out of this place changed, transformed. They're walking out of here a completely new person. Lord, we just give you all the praise, God. Thank you, Lord, because you are more than enough for us, Lord. Be with us, God. Just thank you for the reminder, Lord, for the reminder that you change our lives forever. In your name we pray, amen. You all may be seated. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9 in Washington, D.C. We'd love it if you came to visit sometime. We meet each Saturday afternoon at 5 at the Mrs. John Hopkins Memorial Chapel at Tacoma Academy in Tacoma Park, Maryland. You can learn more and get directions by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com.